0: to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, And I'm joined this evening by a Um, singer-songwriter. He hosts uh, a a talk show series uh, where he interviews fellow artists called I Ask The Questions Here. Uh, Dropped an album, Solace, came out in uh, 2019. And uh, his latest single, which dropped about a year ago, is called Just A Ghost. Um, I'm excited to talk to him about his passions, artistry, and why he does what he does. Thank you very much, Ben Harold, for joining me tonight.
1: Thank you, Ben Slowey, for having me here. I really appreciate it, man. This is fun.
0: Cheers, my friend.
1: Cheers, indeed. sipping on some tea? Little tea tonight. Little tea. I left my beer down at the studio uh, last weekend, which I only somewhat regret. I I didn't have a chance to buy anymore, so (laughs) it'll
0: work yeah it's not always a bad thing um, exactly i uh yeah i i'm limiting limiting it to two uh hands tonight because i have a meeting after this uh so
1: i do too this is perfect
0: yeah right
1: <laughs> same schedule man
0: oh yeah it's uh it's go time baby uh very very hectic uh time of year you know
1: springtime it's it's life we're we, you know getting back down to it again
0: yeah which feels very uh invigorating
1: um it's one way to say it yeah
0: yeah yeah, That's yeah. Okay. well i mean it's it's it got above 50 the last couple days and that has just breathed fresh air into my soul uh yeah spent some time outside
1: oh my god yeah i mean i i was i i sat outside as much as i could yesterday i, I this weekend i was in the studio all weekend we think we spent like 14 and a half hours we have our own st- uh, studio space uh, we were in there for about 14 and a half hours so oh. missed out on all the beautiful weather
0: yeah
1: yes. yeah yeah regret but that's, it was good
0: yeah that's a that's a real long day um but luckily uh there's uh hopefully there's plenty more where where this came from uh hopefully very soon so uh ben uh, tell me about uh how your day was today what'd you do
1: Uh, well, I mean, so I, I, I substitute, well, let me say it this way. I have a a part-time job as a a special ed, uh, teacher's assistant at a high school. And, um, so I spend my first half of the day there just hanging out with some high schoolers, helping them get through their stuff, which is a lot of fun. They they actually, today was funny because, um, they found out that myself and I work with another artist, her name is Genevieve Hayward, and she just happens to work at the same school as I do. Uh, they found out today that we, uh, we're both musicians full-time and they, that opened up a big door a lot of conversations so that was fun uh after that just getting you know just getting the house stuff together laundry getting dinner for everybody set up yep. all that fun stuff so yeah it was it was just one of those days where i feel like i've just not stopped yet until right now so this feels really good
0: <laughs> yeah no same i still haven't stopped uh basically since i woke up this morning but um, but you know, I like to believe it builds character. I'm very, just big on just the, the temp, the breathers throughout the day. Like,
1: because oh, yeah. too, much,
0: too much downtime is never a good thing either. So oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I always give myself a 20 minute nap after I get back from, from that part-time job. Cause, and that, that refresher, I don't like getting up at 6:45 in the morning. And I probably should get up a little earlier if I want to get there on time without rushing, but there's no way there's just no way
0: yeah i get that um yeah uh where where are you located
1: uh so i i i live in sturgeon bay which is in door county um you know our band is based out of milwaukee when i shifted from a full-time job that i had in milwaukee i'm I'm from milwaukee originally um and uh when i was working down there and i shifted to music full-time we had a house, you know, we had all this stuff and, and it was like, well, we just cut our um, our income by half and we had family up in Door County and we were able to cut our expenses in half. And it was it just made sense. We have we have a couple of kids that are teen, uh, well, both of them will be teenagers in April, uh, so we wanted to get them into a school where our daughter was going into high school we'd feel like, okay, you can go here. You guys can kind of roam the neighborhood, not feel too bad. We weren't in a bad area in Milwaukee. Milwaukee is pretty great. And, uh, yeah. but we were like, yeah, you know, this seems to fit. So we moved up here about, geez, it's been a little over two years ago. It's pretty nice to come back to after some shows, you know, nice and quiet. Oh, yeah. I bet, yeah. I do miss the city though. I miss it a lot. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I
0: actually, I went to Sturgeon Bay a couple of years ago for a job interview at the radio station.
1: Oh, um, really? Okay.
0: Yeah. Obviously, I didn't get it, but it was still cool to like be, it was my first time up there, like, you know, just driving through it and, you know, it's definitely um, very picturesque and uh, gorgeous. But last September was my first time actually spending a weekend in Door County. Oh, where'd you go? And we went to um, Ephraim.
1: <clears throat> oh, Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, we we stayed in a little inn there, and uh, just kind of like, you know, drove from town to town, and and uh, went to the bluffs, went to a winery, uh, did some uh, um, trails and that kind of stuff. It was it was lovely. I I really want to go back there because there's obviously you can't see everything up there in one weekend.
1: No, yeah. I I so I'm originally from Milwaukee and my my mom moved well, she moved us, myself, my brother and my two younger sisters, we moved up to um moved up to Washington Island when I was in 4th grade, I think. And I went from 4th grade through high school. And I always said I'd never come back. And sometimes I get a little bit, you know, I start to get the itch, especially when COVID first hit, we were really stuck here because prior to that I think it was coming back down into the city at least every weekend, um, if and stayed for multiple days, m- many times. Um, and when COVID hit it, w- it started to feel a little bit like being because it can be a little bit I uh, just so removed from the rest of the world. Yeah, oh, that yeah. It, it gets that feeling every once in a while. So this is about as far north as we wanted to go. I'm not super outdoorsy. I'm not It's <laughs> surprised oh. if you see me, this is not an outdoorsy person. Well, you're you know you're
0: spending 14 hour days in the studio so I get it um
1: here you go I'd rather do that.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that's cool um, my only grievances of going up north in Wisconsin is the increasingly cultish uh, allegiance to the American flag is <laughs> it's kind of scary up there like you you're saying how it's come. Um, very removed from the rest of the world. And it definitely feels that way. It's just so many like just super like ultra patriotic people.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's true. I mean, there's there's a lot of that. I was actually surprised during the uh, the election cycle that um, Door County went blue and pretty mm-hmm. substantial. It, it, it followed the similar Wisconsin's weird, right? We we always vote for like everybody. Like there's, it's never just straight ticket anything in this state, you know. But I was shocked at how blue Door County itself went, and um, I think that's due in part to there's a really great music scene up here. Um, Pat McDonald, who's from um, the band Timbuk 3, um, he he had Melanie Jane, they're up here. They run the Holiday Music Motel. There, um, there's a guy up here named Tony Menzer, fantastic bass player. Used to play with. Clyde Stubblefield all the time. Um, I mean, there's just this music scene and it kept growing. They do the, the, uh, the Steel Bridge Music Festival. And I think that's really brought in a lot of art, artistic people, uh, younger, pe- younger, younger people that are get into, want to get into this sort of, this, there's a vibe, there's a really cool vibe that sh- shocked me when I came here two years ago. I was honestly surprised because having been here when I was a kid I mean it was dive bars. it was like you're saying you'd see like sort of this rural very rural Wisconsin yeah. mentality.
0: Very yeah. I and I will give it that. I, I do remember when I was there in September there was I mean for it's like for every couple Trump signs, you know, there were definitely some Biden signs too. So
1: yeah yeah, yeah. it yeah. didn't go much further north than sturgeon bay though i think because <laughs> i think this is definitely the high population zone you know yeah, i get that yeah
0: yeah for sure um yeah so so ben uh we talk about a mr nice guy we talk love and fear passion and creativity and so uh yeah uh i got wind of you um just from covering music for breaking and entering um sell your name somewhere on a bill i think it was at the saint kate's saint kate's arts hotel i think mm-hmm. um i was like looking there and i saw your plan i was like oh this guy's from milwaukee check him out um yeah and uh i've found that you know we it seems that you know we are we see the world in similar ways um and uh you also interview fellow artists which i always think is super
1: cool mm-hmm. um and of course you have the same name. I don't do it as well. I don't do it as well. <laughs> uh, well, I it's true. Anyone who's seen it knows it's pure nonsense. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, so is this. I mean, this is my yeah. own brand of nonsense, um, but. But uh, maybe, uh, it's, maybe
1: it's you've been doing it longer and I have to work harder to get to that level of nonsense that looks super professional.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, so yeah, Ben, uh, so you, you would already um kind of answered the question I normally start with, which is if you were born and raised in Milwaukee, which you were. Um, so I guess uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about music um, when you were younger, like the role it played in your life. Like, um, yeah, it's like, what did you grow up listening to? Um, what was playing in the house? That sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Um, my folks got divorced when I was, I would have been like 91. I think it was like seven or eight, something like that. Um, but before that, so like, it's funny, when people ask me about music, there's almost like two sections of my life. There's this sort of pre that point and then post that point. My Both my parents, um, they both had loved really good music. I, I always remember there was always like a Wilburys album playing in the house, like a record too, we always a record player. There was like Joplin, there was CCR, we had, uh, Tom Petty for sure there was always rock there was always a little folk there was always a little something going on in the house my dad loved the moody blues there was always that playing Um, and I I remember as a young kid I must have been about six five or six uh, we had a piano in the basement I'd sing with my mom and she'd play a little bit on it she could play guitar and piano a little and um, she kind of saw that i could play out some stuff if i heard it i could kind of figure it on the piano so they got me a little keyboard when i was about five or six and i I could just play out notes you know play the star wars theme song or something and that was kind of my music for and i i just played it i they didn't give me any instructions just gave me the thing i sat upstairs and dinked around on it so that was like my intro into music that that was me getting Oh, this is how music sounds. Oh, this is how you make music. Okay, I see how this kind of goes. These are how the notes work. Oh, interesting. And it kind of connected. We had, a, my grandma always played piano, although for, for all the reports that I know about it, she was horrendous, um, <laughs> but she had one in her house. So I'd sit down and play on that. It just seemed like wherever I went, there was something to, to try and play music on. And that was, that was really, as I was a kid, a young kid up until about nine, And I say when 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 folks split up and she my mom moved us up to to Door County, uh, I kind of got away from playing music. I didn't have my keyboard anymore. Uh, My brother had broken that on accident (laughs) never replaced it. That's how it goes. (laughs) Older brothers, man, he took it out. And uh, I guess uh, when I was probably about 12 or 13, I saw a guitar in our house that my mom had borrowed from somebody. And I just kind of plucked on it every once in a while, figured out kind of the baseline for uh, Heard It Through the Grapevine, without even picking up, just kind of sitting on the wall, touching the thing, you know, boom, 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 boom. Um, and that sparked an interest And in by um, a couple of years later, I, I asked for one for Christmas, didn't even know how to play the thing, just wanted to get one and picked it up. My mom taught me um, sitting on the dock of the bay. She caught me the, taught me the key of G She showed me a little stairway to heaven so I could get in trouble at the guitar store. And that was it, I just took off. I just kind of grabbed chord charts wherever I could find them and and just started learning everything I could as quickly as I could. Started listening to music and I I never learned the notes but I could hear a song. I'd put a CD on, play it, figure out where it was so I could capo it into the key that I knew how to play which is basically G Um, and then just play along with the songs. So I started learning how to play with songs and hearing out the chord changes. and just kind of grew from that. you know, meeting the right people, getting to get, getting to try some new opportunities with, with bands or whatever. It was sort of just feeling your way through playing music. It was very organic. I, but I will say this when I, I thought about this, this is more of a revelation, a recent revelation. Um, I was really thinking about who influenced me the most musically and actually is is horrible of rhythm as he has my brother he always had some great music around and it was very eclectic like he would have uh, the mavericks album and then he would he'd be listening to the newest uh, Snoop album you know and like he would always have something in his room and he'd always be playing he'd always let me in there we'd hang out we'd play video games together there was always a CD on, and it was—it was just some of the best music. And and I remember, that really influenced me more than I, I ever realized until really recently. I'm like, wow, yeah, I guess I probably learned more from him, even though he couldn't play a note and, and he's a horrible dancer. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> right. But at that point, it came more from just the domestic sort of um, dynamic yeah. that you yeah. had. It was you were around, yeah.
1: Totally. Totally. Yeah, like a sponge, just soaking it in.
0: Mm. That's dope. Um, That's super cool. Um, So when would, uh, when would writing uh, start uh, getting into the picture? Like, when did you start writing songs?
1: I started writing, I think, so shortly after I, um, I got my kind of beginner guitar, which beginner guitars are just junk. That's the worst thing you can get for a student. I'm lucky I stuck with it because you know, the action is so high off the fretboard, it hurts to play. A lot of kids give up. And, uh, and so shortly after that, I decided I needed to buy a new, a good guitar. So I spent that summer just saving up. And when I got the new guitar, it changed everything. I started really trying to learn some, new. you know, I could do bar chords. Now they don't hurt because, you know, it's a, it's a good guitar. And I wound up Learning as many chords as I could, and in the process process of doing that, I didn't really ever try to learn like songs that exist. Like I didn't want to. I didn't have any interest in picking up covers. But I immediately started writing with with those new chords that I was learning, because this one chord would sound interesting. If I went from here to here, it would sound interesting. Maybe I would create a chord just putting my fingers wherever it sounded right, and seeing what happened. And so writing was pretty quick too. And I think it kind of hand in hand, guitar playing and writing went went right together.
0: Oh, awesome. Cool. Um, yeah. So did you kind of like, uh, get
1: started with some, um, like open mics, that sort of thing? Nothing. No, I, I, I was at the time I was still living on Washington Island, there wasn't anything to do. You know, Solid. I basically I sat on my, my deck, we had this really nice porch. Um, and I would sit out there. And I just play music. I had a little my my acoustic was an acoustic electric it was an Ibanez, and for some reason when I bought it I'm like well I have to have an amp too. So I had this little Ibanez box amp. Uh, it's sounded pretty good, and I set that on the porch and I'd plug in and I just play. And uh, every once in a while some people in the neighborhood would come over and and kind of take a peek and listen, but other than that that was it. I I, I really was the only kid in my neighborhood that that played or in my town that played at all. So it was kind of my own thing, which I think was really helpful. You know, it was a hard time as a teenager uh, with the, you know, parents separated and all that stuff. That's kind of there with that. It it was tough. So I think the guitar really pulled me through that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's beautiful. I mean, that really goes to show music can seriously like give their meaning when otherwise yep. it's so hard to find anywhere else.
1: Yeah. And, and for me, um, it's kind of an old adage that the middle child of a dysfunctional home tends to be ignored or just kind of not heard. Um, and I didn't know that at the time, but I think in a way that guitar gave me a voice to to the like you're saying the, the things that were inside so they were heard. In in a sense, even if it was me hearing them for the first time, uh, I think that had a huge part of my healing. You know, yeah, sure,
0: yeah, um, and it's got it. That
1: had to have been lonely. You know, uh, only kid playing in the neighborhood. I, mean. <laughs> I didn't mind. I mean, I didn't know any different. For one thing, I had a couple of friends later on that picked up instruments because they wanted to do a band, and they they weren't necessarily naturally made to do that <laughs> yeah. so it was it, was, it wasn't going to happen but it we, you know i had friends and we tried to do some things sure. like that but yeah what are you going to do
0: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah you got to work with what you have
1: got to work with what you got and i didn't have much so it was <laughs> fine
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so um i guess uh, where would it go from there um beyond just uh kind of um playing and and you know, naturally adapting into writing, like as a teenager, where would it go from there?
1: I was super timid. Honestly, when I, when I came out uh, into college, I went down to lacrosse. I was at the tech school there doing some graphic design and uh, I was really timid playing. I didn't, I didn't share my music with anybody. I had this four track tape recorder that I would put my music on and I kind of carried those tapes with me and I'd listen to it and I kind of liked it, you know, but I'd never really shared it with anybody, um, except for uh, who, who would be my wife. Um, eventually, we were, you know, I'd show her a couple of things. But even then, I didn't. I didn't sing a lot in the house. I have played, but I'd be off in a room on my own. So I didn't start any bands right away. I, I found the easiest thing. and I actually think this is a good idea for any artist that's trying to really work out the kinks in their in their musical ability is I've, there was a church that needed someone to play some guitar and i could stay in the background i could kind of hide off and i could learn how to play rhythm guitar well and i could learn how chords go together well i could learn how to play with a band even if it wasn't a great band i could at least as a timid artist it was an easy in yeah. um, and so i kind of really focused on that for the first I, we were there about seven years Uh, And I think I did that for about five or six of them, four or five or six. And by the end of that that last year there, I finally kind of had built up the courage to go, like, hey, I got some songs and some friends were there that they actually could play now because I had met them that they played there too. They knew how to play. Okay, so let's try some things. And we wound up um, doing, I think we only wound up having one more show because I had gotten a job and we moved uh, to Kenosha, but it, it got that kind of it got that bug out it got the the fish out of the boat you know we, we were able to skunk out of the boat we were able to finally i was able to finally play my music sing some songs they weren't particularly good songs now that i look back at it but it got it out of the boat and i was able to kind of go like i can i can maybe take some right. steps forward here
0: hey testing the waters yes, as they that say.
1: absolutely what it was absolutely and wow you really have uh
0: a- pretty much uh, inhabited every corner of the state. It sounds like
1: (laughs) I I didn't I didn't plan on it, man. It kind of worked out. But it's been beautiful because I I never realized how the state is super um, unique from one end to the other.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, as a matter of fact, uh, I've only been to lacrosse to a Greyhound and it is beautiful out there. Like there and like Winona, like it's, it's quite spectacular um the the imagery and the scenery out there but yeah um, yeah uh so so you so um yeah like speaking of which so yeah like what is the music scene out like in lacrosse what is it like what's it like out there
1: I don't know how it is now um there's a couple places around there like uh smaller places I know there's like a, a bookstore in verroqua Viro- which is a little like to the southeast um Lacrosse, actually, when we were there, was coming out of a time when it had been known as a pretty big music city. It wasn't too far from Minneapolis. Uh, they had a a big center that they used to do circuses, and they had like an indoor football team. So they had an arena that they could use. There were uh, there was a few places that had live music stages built in uh, in the downtown area, which is a really cool looking downtown area. Um, now from what I understand, there's maybe one or two, but I could be wrong about that. If, you know, anyone's from there, I'd love to know because I'd love to get back there and play for my friends. Uh, but when I was there, it was kind of dying down a bit, which was super unfortunate because it was a really cool town. And, and from what I understood, they they used to get a lot of really big acts in that place. Right,
0: that's tight. There you go, that's cool. Um, oh, there's a lot of these like smaller cities that are very worthy stops for sure
1: yeah well and i think too they they appreciate it maybe a little bit more than some of the it's not to take away from the big cities there's just a sheer volume you know it's it's easy to say let's get to la let's get to chicago let's get to milwaukee let's get to boston new york whatever but there's these smaller towns these these smaller cities that are so happy to have good talented artists come through them that they'll pay you and they'll 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 really take care of you. They'll offer a place for you to stay because they want it. They're hungry for it. And it, and sometimes it's the best crowds, you know.
0: Oh too. yeah. Yeah, because it's it's very genuine. You know, people come yeah. up there with intention for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So,
0: um did you end up back in Milwaukee at all uh, from that yeah. point?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, I did a little, I, I moved to Kenosha. I worked at a box making f- factory in, in Northern Illinois, we lived in Kenosha. And then after that, I did some youth mentoring, um, for about four years back up in Door County. And then we lived in Milwaukee for six years, uh, most recently before we moved back to this area here. But, uh, the six years we were there, um, It almost feels that we have, I haven't left yet because I'm back there so often it's kind of split time between there and here. So I still feel very much like I'm, I'm more from Milwaukee than anywhere else.
0: Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, because, and that's kind of a philosophy we hold near and dear with breaking and entering is, uh, you know, once you have Milwaukee ties, you always have them. Yeah. And, uh, So true, so we cover artists, even if you leave, like, we're still watching you. You know what I mean? You know, I'm not like a scene purist or anything where it's like when people leave, they're like, oh, you abandoned us. You betrayed us. Like, you're (laughs) dead to us. Like, no, like, you know, everyone's living their truth out here. And um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm from Illinois. I've been I've only been in Milwaukee for seven years now. Going on seven years, but it's more home than ever, um, for sure
1: yeah i love it man I, I i love the downtown i love uh i love river west i spent so many days in river west where
0: i live now yeah
1: oh there you go yeah um all my best friends here in milwaukee I, like i said our band is a milwaukee band we're based out of milwaukee uh like one of us lives in in uh in chicago one of us lives um on the far west side of milwaukee one of us the other two live right in Milwaukee, and and I live up here. So it's like we're kind of spread out. But when the music comes together, we're a Milwaukee band, and, and we're all about that, you know, and, and we love the city, just love it. Our roots are there, family's there, friends are there. Can't get oh, away I from know. it. Well, probably when our kids are done with school, my wife and I've talked about getting back down towards that. That's that feeling that area again, because you just you, you love it. All the connections, all the people yeah. you know, and love.
0: If you do, I'll be sitting right here.
1: we <laughs> <laughs> um, grab a beer, man. I yeah, I'll be back in town when COVID drops, man. I, I'm I'm ready to get back to it. I actually, got my because I'm a TA, I got my first shot in me already. So I'm, oh, good. I'm feeling nice. great.
0: Good, good. That's good. Um,
1: it's my PSA. Everyone, get vaccinated.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, I'd love to hear about uh, your releases. Uh, that have come out in the last couple of years we'll uh start with solace your record that came out in 2019 um yeah uh love to hear a little bit about like yeah just kind of like what place you were in with this record and just kind of like yeah like what um what was the recording process like that kind of thing
1: yeah man that that was a really trippy time it was great for me personally it was kind of a rebirth musically for me. I, I had gotten really, when I was in Kenosha, I had some stuff that I got, I just kind of got really frustrated and tired with that I was doing. I, I just realized I was trying to be too much like somebody else. Um, so when I was kind of in this sort of uh, m- mentoring thing with with youth up in Door County, I took that time where it was real quiet and lonely. And I would I recorded two albums of my own that no one will ever hear, but it was an experiment. The first album was an experiment in songwriting to try to be as pure and genuine as I could. And the second one was an experiment in vocal. You know, I wanted to learn how to sing better, um, and to broaden my range a bit. Um, and both were really successful at, at accomplishing that I think. And when I came here, or when I came back to Milwaukee, I see here, I feel like Milwaukee when I came to Milwaukee, (laughs) um, a friend of mine who I had met there, he had some recording software. He worked for, he works for Hal Leonard. So he had all this equipment that he had to test out because he's a sales rep. And he's also very interested in it and he loves doing it. And he said, well, you know, I I know you got some music, come on over and record it. We had done a little bit before in the past, but didn't save any of it. but I, he knew I had a couple things I was working on. I think I had six songs. He said, come on over this Friday. And uh, I had the Thursday off, so the day before I wasn't working. And that something just sparked. And I sat down that Thursday and I wrote seven more songs, which that's super uncommon. I, I'd never am like that, but it just was like the, everything was firing. And by the time we, we hit record on that album, I think I probably had another three or four songs. It was just the something happened. It was just going to be get some music down. We'll bring in some friends to record on it, which we ultimately did. But in the process of going that direction, something opened up, and I kind of was like, "I, I, this is me. I need, I need this." And um, I, I, the process of recording, I learned a ton of of what to do and what not to do. I was so fresh to it, first time working with a producer because he was producing me. And so to get that advice from him, um, changed so much. And uh, I wound up working through this album, getting it out, realizing I need to play this music somewhere. and And so solace for me was like almost me finding a solace in in the writing process, in becoming who I was as an artist, becoming who I was who I was as a person, really. Um, and when I played it at first time I ever played any of that stuff was at Lineman's open mic. And when Jim asked me to come back as a feature that night and, uh, some, some other bands that I knew were established in the city were coming up to me after saying they really liked it. It just made me feel like, okay, well, I, I went in thinking if they, if they don't like it, they don't, they don't clap or they just kind of, eh. I, at least I know, I know, but if they like it, there was almost like this well oh shit! what do i do now <laughs> i i have to do this now you know like i have to make the leap i have to make the jump and that's really what solace did for, for me it put me on this path so it's it's funny because it's a much we're working on a new album now it's a much more subdued album solace is than what we're working on now because i've kind of just kept growing into who i am as an artist um, but that album that album right there, uh, put me in the place where it, it opened me up to kind of my truest self. And I'm I'm grateful for it. And I love the music on it. There's songs on that album, I'm going to keep playing for the rest of my life. And that makes me really, really happy. Oh, that's, really funny.
0: Really happy. that's, that's precious, man. I'm I'm really ha- happy to hear it. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, like, that's, that like, you couldn't have picked a better word to, to describe, like,
1: and it kind of picked me, I, I didn't even think of it. It just, I had the song come up and it was just like, that's gotta be the name and it fit in retrospect, you know? Yeah. Like- What's really great about it is that I can look at the back of that album and I can see all the names of my friends that just willingly jumped in to to put their part on it and make it what it was. I love it. Yeah. I love every part of it, totally. I wouldn't change thing.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Um- Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you just really you awaken to new parts of yourself, like both personally and as an artist to, like you said, you know, keep challenging yourself with this new material. Um, So before we talk about said new material, uh, so Just a Ghost. Yeah, uh, the song that came out about a year ago. Yeah. Tell me about this joint.
1: Cool. Yeah. uh, Just a Ghost is going to be on the new album, but we're doing the full band version. So electric guitars drums basic you know the whole thing whole production um but as we are setting up the process to do this album testing mics and everything um my guitarist in our band the rising um ken zabler he's he's also our mixer editor um and so he wanted to run those things we were in his basement he said in the studio and he's like let's let's record Let's record an acoustic version of that song. And I'd been playing a little bit and I wanted to come up with a, a kind of slowed down, more melodic, thoughtful version of it for acoustic guitar. And we really liked how it sounded so much. And he said, let's let's record that. Let's let's put some. He put a little bit of his solo in the background, but very subdued. We slowed the pace down, put on harmonies. You know, we we just that song um was also an experiment. It's so fitting we did that as a single because it was an experiment in writing narratively. Prior to that, if you listen to Solace, there's a lot of uh, introspective songs. Um, there's some storytelling, but I was really writing from an introspective place. Uh, but with with the new album, I wanted to explore that narrative storyline, and I wanted to do it in meaningful ways and and take examples of people that either I know or have told me stories. And so I needed to start somewhere. And actually my producer, who's our drummer, Joe Howard, handed me a Bruce Springsteen, every song he had ever written lyrics for them from 1972 to like 2013. And he's like, look at these. And I don't think I really read too much of that book, but just the inspiration of it. I started listening to to albums like Nebraska, um, you know, our darkness on the Edge of Town, Born to Run, just going into it and listening to the way that those songs were crafted, going back to the first album I ever bought, Wildflowers, listening to how those songs were put together. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll do an experiment and I, I'm just gonna put words down, doesn't have to be a song, wasn't planning it f- for it to be a song. And I picked uh, as a subject, my mom, because I thought a single mom, in her 20s, taking four kids, two of them teenagers almost, to a little island in the middle of nowhere where no one knows you, but you know they're talking about you behind your back. Um, And just remembering that childhood and how hard it must have been for her. And then remembering that she was a guitarist and had at one point been able to play as well as I could. And. My dad had sold her guitar for drinking money and all this, you know, like something she spent $1,000 on in like 1973. You know, talking about a great guitar. Um, and I thought to myself, she, she gave up everything so that I could have this life, so that my brother, who's got a, a, the dream job he's always wanted, could have his life, so my sister could travel, so my other sister could have the life she had. And like our dysfunction ended that way. All of us are in a healthy relationship in a healthy place and healthy lives, you know? And I'm like, okay, she gave up all that for us. In a sense, she became sort of a ghost of who she was. And this idea came into mind. And a friend of mine used to always tell me this line. She would say, um, days are long and years are short. This idea of you're growing old, you look at it, days take forever, but you look back and the years are just like flying. Definitely
0: by. going through that right now. Definitely.
1: Right. Right. It's so relatable. And I always connect. It just hit me right here. And I thought about it in terms of her. And I just thought to myself, I got to write this song. And and so the idea that chorus just kind of came out. Days are long and years are short. That needle's on the record. You know, you'll be fine someday, you tell your soul. <laughs> But but there's a and then it talks about like talk of hope, hope talk of hope makes you bored because it's never getting better. You'll live someday. Now you're just a ghost. And it was this idea of like the first line in the song is um, is um, she said she never said I didn't ask for this, but it was right there on her lips, dirt poor and raising four on her own. Yeah. You know, this it, it just came out as a story and I never intended to make it a song. But when I showed my producer what I had been working on, and um, I didn't have any music to it, I just showed him the words. He looked at it, he goes, that's a great song, write that. And it just came together. So I put music to it, played it. We played it as a band for the first time. And he, he looked at me and said, that's our single. That's our single. So you know, it was, for me, it was an experiment in growing and, and writing. But then it turned into so much more. Um, yeah. And it's funny because I played it. My mom has heard it now. Um, when I played it for her at first, she said she kind of she hated it in a way because it forced her to remember yeah. a lot of that. And it it almost felt like a song that says like, oh, you, you've accomplished nothing in life, which it it's not about that. But then she realized that it's not the end of the story. It's just focusing on one point yeah. in the story and uh, and now she loves it. So you know, I wanted to make sure that, at least for her sake, that it was uh, something that she could really vibe with. Wow. So I'm grateful for that. Dude, thanks for sharing that. Sure, like, like, sure.
0: Like, that that's definitely um, really putting things in perspective of, like, how, as you said, or as, and as you've lived through, as your, um, as like the dynamic of your family has um, transpired. Mm-hmm. Like talking about, yeah, being ghosts to your former self so that, you know, what follows you, like like what's, what's to come after you, like it doesn't have to be so hard. And in the process you lose and compromise so much of like your integrity and yeah. authenticity. And you don't have time to like, explore as many different opportunities and pathways and take as many risks because you have so much to lose that's the scariest fucking thing in the world yeah no kidding and you know yesterday um you know interesting timing of this interview but yesterday was international women's day yeah big shout out to moms everywhere like sure. sp- specifically you know the single moms that like deal with so fucking much man
1: absolutely yeah i mean it, it, to me it, it always it's kind of become sort of an anthem in my mind and, and specifically for women because i feel like i feel like when i play this song i can only picture women um and it's not in a way it's not even about my mom specifically anymore because i think it is such a relatable thing and it's it's not specifically for women, but I, I, always, I always think of those women. I've noticed those women more. And, I, and I, in, in a way, I hope that this song can help bring um, sort of, an, not, not like a, I'm bringing an awareness to something. No, it's, I just want people to maybe have their eyes opened a bit just to look around and say, oh, okay, that's why she looks like that in the grocery store because I remember being a kid and, and looking up at my mom and and, and or being embarrassed because we had food stamps or or whatever. And, and, you know, hiding in plain sight, that idea, and, and I kind of in a way, by putting this out, it, I hope that it kind of opens some eyes. Um, yeah. Let's, let's remove a little bit of the judgment from, from what we see people going through, because you don't know, until you walk in their shoes, you don't know until you've you've lived that life yourself. And uh, and so if it's, if a song can help a little bit in that, I really hope it does. Yeah, oh,
0: that's 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 great, man. I love that uh, matriarchal power.
1: It's... Hey, man! Every every nation that's ever been a matriarchy has done way better. That's right. <laughs> uh, that's right. More equity, less yeah. poverty. Just yeah. saying.
0: Just saying. you know. Little things like, you know, men can comfortably talk about their
1: emotions and stuff like that. <laughs> imagine, imagine. Yeah,
0: you're right, yeah, Yes. yeah, certainly. So is this, um, so is that song, like, how does it, um, how is it relative to the rest of the record as a whole um, that you're working on right now and like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, we had thrown around the idea of calling the album stories at one point just because it's so narratively driven there's songs on there. I met a couple of homeless fellas um, in Milwaukee downtown at one point, spent some time talking with them. Just re, you know, really getting into their lives, what got them to that point, what they hoped that they could get from people ultimately was just acknowledgement, see me, hear me. Um, and so wrote a couple songs around that idea. Never try to be too specific because I think to broaden the picture um helps for for a lot of people to kind of get into what you're saying but um very narratively driven there was a song that came out um uh, probably about a month and a half two months into our our, you know lockdown back in March almost a year ago geez uh that I had written um called steady as she goes that's that she is reference to life you know it was just longing of wanting to be able to see people again and play for people and share that kind of love that happens reciprocally uh with music um but yet a hopeful song to stay we'll, we'll get there steady as she goes you know a lot of stuff like that and uh also the style wise just a ghost is a really hard-hitting electric driven guitar electric guitar driven song this album very much like that you know we wanted a song that really felt like a live a lively feel to it had you know we recorded all these songs as a group together in one one go kept the drums so we could go back and replace guitar parts or drum bass parts however we felt but we wanted to have that feeling of us an album with motion and and power to it i'm excited man i cannot wait for this thing to drop on people because i think it's going to be it's going to be a, a massive uh wave coming at you i i love it i'm i've never thought in a million years that I'd be able to sit behind an album like this and it's going to be huge uh production wise it's going to be huge sounding wise I I love it every every bit of it I can't wait but yeah for sure just a ghost was that linchpin that pushed it through the album's going to be called these days because as I looked this is kind of fun I was struggling to come up with a name I didn't really like stories it was okay but um I texted my guitarist. I'm like, hey, man, I need you to help me come up with a name. He's really creative, usually useless stuff, but really creative. Um, And he goes, man, just relax. It'll come to you one of these days. And I went, these days. (laughs) And I looked back and I was like, every single song we wrote was written in a certain period of time that you look back at you, man, these days. You know what that
0: reminds me of? What's that? Uh, You ever seen uh, Dewey Cox? Walk oh.
1: hard.
0: It sounds like when he comes up with like with like any like of his song titles, walk hard.
1: Like <laughs> these. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny.
0: It's a little bit like
1: that. I mean, there's no there's no real art to it. You kind of go, that sounds good. Let's go with that. Yeah. No, it was but it, it like worked out so much that I'm like, well, you know, let's just, that's it. That's the one. And I love J- Jackson Brown these days. It's a great song. Cover that. So it right. just fit, you know. Um, but yeah, that whole album, top to bottom, it's, it's going to feel real cohesive, stylistically, um, songwriting wise, too. Oh,
0: yeah. any uh, expectation uh, when we can expect it?
1: Yeah, uh, well, we're hoping to get it out um, by October. We want to release in October. Ideally, we would have had it come out earlier maybe even we'd be talking about the release now had COVID not destroyed our recording process last year. Um, not complaining, it gave us extra time to go into it and get it right. Um, but we're hoping for October. Uh, so far, we're on deadline to it looks like we're on deadline to meet that. If anything changes, we'll, we'll, we'll hold it off until maybe spring then the following year. But um I feel like we have a pretty good shot at getting it out this year, so I'm 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 hoping for that, and I'm hoping by June or July we'll be able to announce that and yeah. actually say that this that's what's happening.
0: For sure. sure, love to see it. Looking forward to it, my friend. Um, excited to hear it. Um,
1: I'll send you just a ghost uh, a little MP3 of it if you promise to delete it after you listen to it.
0: After I've heard it, I won't have heard it.
1: <laughs> Perfect.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: You'll sure. be the, you'll be the first and only to actually be able to listen to it. Appreciate
0: that, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, tell me about your band. Who are you playing with?
1: The best people in the world, man. I Ken Zabler on guitar. He and I fit together like a hand in a glove. I met him with a, I'm in another cover band called Throwback Stereo, playing 90s music. He was our alternate on electric guitar. He'd been playing with our, our my drummer is also the drummer in that 90s cover band. And those two guys have been playing together for 20 years. And uh, I met Ken, same exact age. We just, same um, sense of humor, just everything fit together. So he's like a brother I never had. Oh, another brother, (laughs) I have one. Um, Ken Zabler, amazing electric guitarist, great sound engineer. Uh, Joe Howard, our drummer, I, I think should be whammy award winner drummer every year. Best drummer I've ever played with, bar none. Um, And stylistically, musically, no one understands music as well as that man. And I I trust no one more uh, with music than him. And he's a fantastic producer. He produced uh, Blind Fiction's latest album, Overlook. Oh, cool. Cool. That's cool. As soon as I heard that album, I'm like, dude, you're producing my album too. Because goddamn, that's a great album. Yeah, I I love it. Tim is a good friend. He's also in that cover band with us. Um, And then... um, And then Carl Crumblis, friend of mine, bass player, just natural Miami dude, you know, but, you know, if you met him, you wouldn't think he's from Miami because he's just like, let's go outdoors. Let's go to a a microbrew. Let's (laughs) he'll come up to do shows in Door County and he'll camp out at the um, like the forest preserve in a hammock. That's where he stays. But he's just I mean, he fit in perfectly with our band personality wise and musically and then we um we were doing a show at uh saloon on calhoun at a couple like a year ago a year and a half oh gosh two years ago and we met up with this dude named dan Colasari who plays great keys and uh he said hey i'd love to join your band if you're ever looking for a keyboardist he didn't know while he was playing we we're going well this cat can play we want him in our band <laughs> nice and so it just he he joined up and um, yeah it's just great. The, the key to a good band, I think, is that everyone gets along, likes each other. Obviously, the talent's got to be there. But if they like each other, it's just going to get better. And yeah. and that's the case. It's just a bunch of low egos, goofy guys, you know, just like to have fun, enjoy playing music together. That's but what real mean. dependable, responsible, you know, professional musicians. Yeah, it's a good crew. They're amazing. In fact, it used to be just Ben Harold, and that's how solace was released and and joe said "Well, you just keep it ben harold i'm like yeah but i need to call you guys something because yeah. my god like there's there's like yeah that is such a huge part of it you need something you need to be a yeah. band name so i added the rising because right. that's what they do man they bring it all up yeah a well, little bit of this a little bit of this action going on here a
0: little bit of this yeah right love that Cool. Um, and then finally, um, talk a little bit about, uh, I'm asking the questions here. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, so, yes. Your your little uh, chat series. Uh, yeah. Um, what gave you the idea to get into this sort of thing?
1: A couple of things. I mean, one, I was getting bored and not seeing people during COVID as regularly. Yeah. And then I always liked the idea of a podcast, but I felt like so many people were doing them well, that to step into that world, there'd, there'd really be no point. And, and one really great thing about living in Door County is that when I drive down, I've got a couple hours to listen to podcasts. And one of my favorites, it's just for to get you laughing, is Conan needs Conan O'Brien needs a friend, Conan needs a friend. And it's so hilarious, the conversations they have. But I remember thinking there's so many times I want to jump in and say, add something to the conversation. And there's so many conversations I have with good friends of mine, whether they're musicians or comedians or what, that I'm like, boy, if people could listen to this, they would love to be a part of this conversation. Like, well, what's the easiest way I could possibly do this? And it was like Instagram. I remember I did a show for Three Sheeps Brewing in Sheboygan early on, and it was the split screen thing. I'm like, that was kind of cool. You know, let's... What if we did that, you know? And kind of put it off for a few months, was a little nervous as hell about how am I gonna get people on here? But first show, got to bring my friend Anya Elise on there and she just-
0: She's so talented.
1: Yeah, oh, she's the best. And and we've known each other now. I was at her first open mic she, <laughs> when she first moved back here and, and we just became friends right away and-
0: You loved her record from December.
1: Yeah in fact we're, we're going to be using the same uh guy who mastered that album just from listening to that album because cool. it's it's just so well done yeah if you guys if anyone listening hasn't seen it yet salt and sugar anya Elise, amazing album um but she she came on generously as the first guest and it it was exactly like I hoped it'd be just relaxed people were asking questions people were throwing comments in there that just yeah, it's hilarious. Some of our stuff has been so, some of the most. I've never laughed harder in conversations. So, yeah, it's been exactly what I hoped it would be. So mm-hmm. I'll well, screw it. We'll keep going.
0: We'll keep going. Good, good. No, that's like you said. Like that's giving that interactive component uh, is it's so much fun, and it it gives an element of like surprise and unpredictability every time. Oh uh, yeah, I saw you just had Orlando pina on the show
1: Yeah, that's my boy yeah he's a cool dude man he and i met uh at a uh river west roots revival thing that we both wanted to play in and i was like just blown away with him but then as i've gotten to talk with him a few times a lot of it online just talking back and forth i'm like this is a cool dude to talk to and and he was great because i had a guest that couldn't make it and last minute he's like yeah i'll do it i'll do it and I this is my first time ever getting to talk to him one on one really for a long period of time and yeah man he he rocks he's he's cool super cool
0: such a great thing yeah uh, what um what do you have in store
1: well i got um, so Genevieve Hayward who i mentioned earlier is coming on this week uh, she's if you haven't heard her yet check her out Genevieve Hayward um, a Wisconsin artist puts together some beautiful music her voice is killer songwriting is amazing uh after that ben moana is going to be coming on got to get all the bends. Oh, yeah. maybe you'll come on i don't know I'd you know happy to. awesome happy. you're going to make it then for sure because anyone who says they'll be happy to is, is... just know that the conversation is going to be complete nonsense usually i liked the other aspect of it was i thought there's um in in a lot of podcasts you get asked a lot of similar questions this has been great because this is actually kind of taking it other directions. Um, but if, if you're going on a radio show or you're going into a podcast, you generally get asked the same four or five questions because it's got, we gotta get the beats and then we move on. And um, it's not necessarily a personal conversation. So I tend to try to, for that reason, when I'm interviewing musicians, not ask them any of those questions that they'd normally get asked. Instead, throw them something that they had no idea they were gonna get asked. Like with Anya, I threw at her cuz she had deleted all of the pictures. I said, "You know, Anya, when we first met, I saw on Twitter that you had all these pictures of of do you know what I'm talking about? And she's like, ah, oh. she, she was afraid she had she had been a cosplayer for yeah, a lot of years and she <laughs> she took all those pictures down." So I'm like, "Let's talk about that one for a while." Yeah.
0: No, I I well, for one, um yes, I'd love to come on and I also really respect your uh um I like your approach to the questioning process because this is something that I also had to take into consideration when I started the show is the thing is like I don't watch most celebrity interviews because I hate them yeah I hate them they they're they're asked the most mundane tedious and just otherwise just very sometimes can border on disrespectful questions yeah right like an artist doesn't want to talk about like, you know, negative attention that they got, or something like that. Like, that's no, if, you're gonna, if, if you want to ask them about something like that, then, like, or if you want to ask questions like that, then you shouldn't be having them on that show because right. that's like, you know, like there's just a lot of um uh, sensitivity barriers that get broken with that yeah. sort of thing. And I, I'm, I like, I refused to um subscribe to like that like i i didn't want to ask you know those straightforward and generic. yeah generic and yeah. just very like questions that they could, could could come on to any other show
1: right and, copy and paste it you know right. it's it's
0: it's boring exactly, exactly. just b- basically be um yeah just be a broken record you know it's like yeah. why would they tell the same interview like the same exact answers as the last one. And this in this show, like, you know, I'm all about personability and comfort and uh, just being ourselves. And I mean, one of my favorite questions to ask people, uh, which commonly comes at the beginning, is Are you a coffee drinker? That's just something. And by the way, Ben, are you a coffee drinker?
1: Hate it. Hate coffee.
0: Hate coffee. I wouldn't have guessed. You know, you're such a hardworking guy. Like, Not a caffeine
1: guy. Never drink caffeine. And see, I'm constantly, I'm
0: wired in caffeine. (laughs) And so like, that's a common catalyst for conversation. It's like, some of these interviewers just like, you know, and and I'm not trying to like, you know, condemn anyone who's like asking about this or that, like, I'm not like, I'm not trying to like, you know, sound like a a total dick here, but it's just, (laughs) but my point is, my point is, it's just like, you know i i just think that it it just does such um uh
1: a disservice it, really
0: it does yeah it, it, yeah I, I guess the way i'm trying to say it is like there's always like so much context to these interviews of like you're here to talk about like this like very particular thing you're here to talk about this record and like how you feel about it and are you gonna make a record that's just as good as this like next or something like that? Like, it's like there's so easily can be far more like open-ended and uh, colorful and abstract ways to ask a lot of the same things, but just in, in ways of like, hey, well, what place were you in when you, when you released this? Or like what, you know, like asking about particular songs for example if you have that if you have the right amount of time or mm-hmm. yeah. you know asking about you know at the end of the day like a lot of artists want to be looked at as human beings they don't want yeah. to be put on this massive pedestal it's intimidating yeah. and yeah and
1: that's,
0: and that's how we try to talk to everybody here you know like
1: yeah it's a it's a similar vibe yeah i i, th- I think um that's that's something that's in my head too as i'm talking to, to friends of mine like i i know the questions i've, I've been there um, and, and for me, it's like what, what's going to make them laugh. Yeah. And I honestly, I don't put in a ton of prep work for these interviews. I think a lot of it has Neither to. do
0: I? How do it's, I? It's.
1: I think there's a naturalness to some people that they can actually talk to somebody and interview somebody. Um, but for me, it's it's just more about that. Like I know when we're outside of this area, if we were sitting at a at a bar, and we were just talking that'd be a really intriguing conversation and it would go deep places and what if people could listen to that and I, I just know that that's with the people i'm bringing on i know that they'll go to that place and i mean there's no set time limit for that reason and i i thought at first you know I'll, I'll, i set i it at 45 minutes at first but what i found is the more shows i did the more people wanted to keep talking we it, Zach Petrini, who's a really good friend of mine, um, he's awesome, awesome, awesome guy, awesome artist. He and I did one, and I'm like, hey man, we're at 45 minutes. Do you you want to close it down? You want to keep going? He's like, let's let's keep going if you're going. I'm like, alright, let's give it five more minutes. Two hours total of a thing, you know. We just kept going, and and he had. If if you want to listen to a really great one. We went from we plumbed the depths. He had lost his mom. He had lost his dad. Um, they had just bought a new house. They had a new baby. You're ta- I'm just everything in a year that could go every direction happened. And and you want to you want to talk about how you've how do you deal with that without actually asking the question? How do you deal with that? We spent two hours talking about all that, and it was funny. It was hilarious. It, it was sad. It was from deep to high it was yeah. just uh, it was experience an experience for me and I, I really was grateful that he was willing to just be that vulnerable and and go right into it and um you know i loved it i i, I loved every second of it and i can't wait to have him back to do that again because yeah. man it was fun and and every every episode since then has been like let's let's keep that in mind
0: yeah Dude, that is how you do a podcast that is yeah. how you do one hell of an interview like hundred percent. Uh, no, yeah. Great. Uh, shout out to Zach, Petrini. training, I doubt it's big I'm shout. Big, outs.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, thank you, Ben, for being on the show. Um,
1: be, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, man. This is killer. Love talking to you. Um, as we're closing out, I ask everyone the same two questions. Hit me first is, uh, what keeps you up at night?
1: Ooh, Ooh, God uh it used to be irrelevancy <laughs> right. now what keeps me up at night is when i don't take my melatonin
0: yeah i'll <laughs> get
1: you you know It'll get everyone, me everyone has their sleep aid I'm, I'm feeling at peace these days for sleep
0: Good. the second question is what puts you to sleep actually
1: <laughs> same answer no I, um oh man balance puts me to sleep feeling like i ended ended the day balanced
0: solace Solace puts you to sleep. Solace
1: will put you right to sleep.
0: I'm glad we could finally sit down and really get to know each other. And likewise, uh, man.
1: It's been yeah, fun. Thanks again. You're definitely gonna be on my show for sure. Now that you've said you'd be willing to, it's it's all over. Look for yeah, me, it's <laughs> curtains.
0: <laughs> um for everyone watching, uh be sure to stream. Ben Harold. Uh solace came out. Um uh 2019 album streaming everywhere. Uh it's got just a ghost. Uh single to forthcoming record these days. Uh, stay tuned. um uh, also, uh, check them out on uh, Instagram. I ask the questions here. Uh, thanks for watching Mr. Nice guys. Always. We'll see you next time.